The greatest wealth is health. Virgil. Welcome to Retirement Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I'm your host, Freeman Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. Open enrollment is upon us for many, many people throughout the U.S. October and November is open enrollment season for group benefits. Benefits that will start in January of next year. So we want to look at a particular benefit that's available to many of you, the health savings account through a high deductible health plan. That's coming up on the Retirement Mentorship Podcast. First, the two men tune in. Primary points of the podcast in about two minutes. You've likely heard of health savings accounts, and many of you probably have one. I like to call them health super accounts because they can do much, much more than most people are using them for. Today, we want to talk about the triple tax advantage of health savings accounts and why this is so critical. This will save you not just thousands, but tens of thousands of dollars over your lifetime if you take advantage of this triple tax advantage. Then we want to discuss quickly the total cost of healthcare once more with using a health savings account. And then finally, we want to differentiate between using it as a health savings account and a health investment account. Many people don't know that you can invest your health savings account and make that triple tax advantage compound for you over time. Be sure to tune in to Friday's action episode as well as we will have a few more tidbits in there besides just action items that you will want to tune in for. That's coming up on the Retirement Trip Podcast. Health super accounts. If you have a high deductible health plan for your health insurance through your work, then you have access to a health savings account. All your deductible needs to be is about $1,400 for an individual or $2,800 for a family, and you are eligible to contribute to a health savings account. That's not that high of a deductible, and so many plans are eligible for this. Of course, some people have the very high deductible health plans, like $10,000, but many people have fairly reasonable deductibles in their high deductible health plan options. Using a high deductible health plan gives you access, like we said, to the health savings account. The thought of this was that if people were able to save more for their own health care, they would spend less on insurance through the lower premiums of a high deductible health care plan or an HDHP, and they would save for those deductibles when they needed them in a health savings account. By giving them a tax break on saving for their own health care, people would be more likely to actually save and be able to afford the deductible when they would have some health event that would warrant them needing it. It's a great overall strategy. I like it a lot because it helps put people's health back into their own hands. Again, it helps people focus more on their health care, not just their health insurance. And so I think it's a great plan overall, and many, many people should be on a high-deductible health plan if they can use the health savings account. In fact, I would say that the vast majority of people should be on high-deductible health plans. Even people who are sick or who use their health care a lot often should be on these plans, depending on how the costs break down. And one of the main reasons is that not only are the premiums cheaper, but often the total cost of your health care will be cheaper on a high deductible health plan. And part of that is because of the triple tax advantage of a health savings account. So let's really quick look at the tax advantage hierarchy, if you will, of various account types. Starting from worst to best, the first type of account we have is a regular taxable interest-bearing account. 
think of like your savings account or accounts, taxable accounts that hold bonds and these types of accounts that are paying you maybe a monthly interest. Uh, these, there's no real benefit to these at all. The interest that you get is taxable at ordinary income rates, which is your highest tax rate, your highest marginal tax rate, whenever it's paid. So there's no deferral. It's the highest rate you're going to ever pay. There's no benefits at all to this level of account. So that's number five, a taxable interest-bearing account. Number four would also still be a taxable account, but this would be an account that perhaps you are buying and holding equities. Equities do pay dividends, which may be taxed at ordinary income, but they may also be taxed at the lower capital gains rates. Those are paid often quarterly, and so you'll have some taxability each year, but the growth on equities is tax-deferred until you sell it. So again, this doesn't work in an account that you're constantly trading in. I'm looking at you, people on Robinhood who are constantly buying and selling different funds. This would be for people who are using a buy and hold strategy, who are truly investing, right? We believe in the company or preferably we believe in a huge group of companies that cross 500 different companies. It is unlikely that they will all go bad or be bad and will make some money. And so the growth on those accounts are also deferred. And so some of your overall gain, your overall return is deferred until you sell it. And so that's, that's more of a tax advantage to an interest bearing account. The third would be a tax deductible and deferred account. Again, tax deductible and deferred. This is a two tax advantaged account. These are traditional IRAs and traditional 401ks, right? When you put money into these accounts, they are before tax in the case of a 401k, right? You don't, you never even pay the tax at all when you do that. Or in the case of an IRA, they are tax deductible. Either way, it's the same, right? You're not paying tax on that money in the year that you put it in. Uh, what's more, any money inside those accounts are deferred. You don't pay any taxes for as long as they are in them. Uh, so even if they pay interest, even if they pay dividends, unlike a taxable account, all that's pushed to the end and you don't pay any ongoing. So that has two tax advantages, deductible and deferred. And then the, the number two spot belongs to the tax deferred and free accounts, tax deferred and tax free. And so really there are three places you can get a tax advantage the beginning in the middle and at the end right it's, it's, it can be tax deductible at the beginning which a traditional ira and a 401k are or not like a roth a roth is not tax deductible it can be tax deferred in the middle where any gains and growth and interest inside of that the tax are pushed off to the end and both a traditional IRA and Roth IRA are deferred, and then it can be tax-free at the end. And that's, of course, we know is the difference between traditional and Roth is that in traditional, you avoid the tax at the beginning, and Roth, you avoid the tax at the end, usually when your account is larger. Uh, there's a whole bunch of tax planning that goes into that, which we covered some in our tax planning episode, which you can go back and listen to, but that'd be the number two. Number three, number two, depending on your situation, one may be better than the other, but those are definitely the top through and three spots. And the number one spot though for t- the tax advantage hierarchy is the triple tax free, right? Tax deductible at the beginning, tax deferred as the money sits inside of that account and tax free when you pull it out. And there's only one type of account that has this and it is a health savings account. That's why this account is so good. It is the only way to get a triple tax-free money. You don't pay taxes on the money ever. 
Of course, there's some stipulations on that, right? There's a limit to how much you can put in. It's currently 3600 for an individual or 7200 if you are on a family plan. And it has to be used for uh, qualified expenses, for health expenses, basically. There's a list of those that you can find. It's pretty broad, though. And a lot of things related to your health are covered under that. As long as you pay for health-related items or costs, such as your deductible and whatnot, then it is tax-free on the back end. So obviously there's stipulations to get anything, any tax advantages at all, but those are pretty broad and we can think of ways to do it, right? No matter what, you eventually will pay some money towards your healthcare. And to be able to pay those in a tax-free, completely tax-free way is a huge, huge advantage. And bonus, a bonus of the health savings account is that you can save your FICA, your Social Security and Medicare. Not always. But if your health savings account is set up through what's called a Section 125 cafeteria plan and you are saving into your health savings account through your paycheck, right? It's not coming to you and then you're putting it in. It's going straight there through your paycheck and you're in a cafeteria plan. Then you also save your Social Security and Medicare taxes that are normally taken out. And this is a big deal because this is the only way you can save this, right? Even if you do a regular traditional 401k where you're, you know, avoiding your state and federal income taxes, you still pay Social Security Medicare tax on that money. You don't save that money. You don't save those taxes. But with a health savings account through a cafeteria plan, you do. Now, not all of them are like set up like this. And even some of the ones where you can contribute through your paycheck are not technically a cafeteria plan and you don't save these. But either way, you're still saving federal and state and maybe even Social Security, Medicare. So in Wisconsin, where I live, right, if you're a couple and you make between basically a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars gross, the numbers are more exact than that, but basically in there, then you are in a 22% uh, tax bracket. That's the highest tax bracket that you're in. And you're in about a 6.27% state tax bracket. So overall, you know, you're, you're at 28% and some change in taxes. So if you max out a health savings account for the year at $7,200 for your family, you are saving over $2,000 in taxes. Now, again, you can do that through an IRA, right? Obviously, you can't do $7,200 in an IRA. You can only do six, but you can do that through a 401k, right? There's other ways to like save those taxes. But the problem with doing it through a 401k is you're just kicking the can down the road. Eventually, that money's going to come home to roost and you're going to have to pay taxes on it. But not with a health savings account. It's always going to be tax-free. And if you're saving FICA on it as well, Social Security and Medicare, you're saving over $2,500 by maxing out a health savings account. So what you want to do to see if this is worth it to you, right, is factor in these savings into your total cost of health care. When you're looking at the different insurances and open enrollment here this season, and a lot of people have like a copay or an HMO or PPO type plan, and then a high-deductible health care plan as well. So when you're comparing those, don't just look at the premiums and don't just look at the deductibles. Look at it with this tax savings in mind as well, because that's part of the total cost of the equation. We covered this a little bit in episode 20 on different insurances. You can go back and listen to that episode as well. That'll help you out as you think about these things in open enrollment here. I highly recommend going back and listening to that. So make sure you factor in these tax savings, though, into your total cost calculations when you decide which one you should want. And if you go with the high deductible health plan, there are two ways you're going to want to use this health savings account. 
One is as a savings account, right, for current day health expenses. If you have that higher deductible, you probably want some money set aside to be able to meet that because your insurance isn't going to kick in for anything until that deductible is paid. Preventive is usually covered. Um, so that, of course, is is before the deductible. But any care, any special care you need after that, you're going to need that deductible paid. And so it is usually a good idea to keep some cash in your health savings account to pay for those deductibles, to pay for those expenses. And a lot of people use it that way already. It's a health savings account. But I think part of the problem is that because it's a health savings account, right, we think of it as a, as a savings account. And when you think savings account, you think cash in a bank and you don't think about investing that money because it's a health savings account, not a health investment account. And that's why I like to think of it more as a health super account because it can do both, right? You can use it as a savings account for current cash and you can invest it. And you want to. One of the better things you can do, especially if you're healthy and you don't often have a lot of reoccurring health costs and you can keep more and more of that money in there each year and let it build, is you want to invest that money for later. Because here's the deal. Even if you don't have a lot of expenses now, there will be plenty of healthcare expenses in retirement. So one of the things you can't do today is pay health insurance premiums with your health savings account, right? It's only for deductibles and costs and those types of things. But in retirement, over age 65, you can pay for your Medicare premiums out of a health savings account. And those get expensive. Those add up. There's a tons of costs. And, and of course, as we age, you tend to spend more on health care. And so there will always be enough costs for health care in retirement that you can use a health savings account for. And if you're able to contribute to it now and invest those monies, those funds for later, you are now getting that full triple tax advantage compounded over decades to allow you to better afford your health care in retirement. Think about this. Even if you're 50, right? Maybe you've been on copay plans or even health savings accounts. You've had those in the past, but you haven't really put more than a couple thousand bucks in it and you spend it each year. Um, going to the chiropractor or whatever you do. So let's say you're, you're pretty healthy and you're already 50, but you're like, oh, this makes sense. I'm planning to work till 65 anyways and then retiring when I can get Medicare. And think about this. If you are able to max out a health savings account at $7,200 a year for 15 years and you have that invested with a good equity investing plan and you're getting 8%, that's $207,000 by the time you are 65. You're not going to spend that in a year or two. You can start paying for your Medicare premiums, for your deductibles, for any of your healthcare costs. And of course, a lot of that will stay compounding over time. So the end value of that account is obviously going to be much more than just the 207. And you're getting all that completely tax free. If you had done that with a, a IRA, right? You'd be paying taxes on all of that money as you go. Or if you'd done on Roth, you wouldn't have saved the taxes now. And therefore, you wouldn't have had that much in it, right? If you were trying to save, you know, that much money into a Roth, you have to pay all the taxes on it now, which means maybe there'd be $4,000 going into it. And $4,000 compounded over 15 years instead of $7,200 doesn't equal the same, obviously. And so this account should be used not just as a current day health savings account, but as a health investment account for retirement. In fact, you should maximize an HSA before contributing to a Roth IRA or doing anything more than a match on a 401k. It is the number one account after a match, right after free money. We're always going to take that first. So if your employer is matching something into a 401k, we are, of course, going to do that first. But after that, an HSA is the next account that I would max out 
before doing anything else, before doing Roths, before doing any other traditional IRAs or 401ks, max that puppy out. Because even if you get to age 65 and you have too much in your HSA, which I don't think is possible, but hypothetically, you remain healthy your whole life and you never use it. After age 65, you can use that money for whatever you want. Uh, it doesn't have to be for health savings account. You'll, of course, if it's not for health qualified expenses, then you will pay taxes on it like it was an IRA or a 401k. And so you lose that last tax advantage. But if for some reason you end up overfunding an HSA, it, it's the, basically the same then as doing a 401k. So you're not wrong. It's still a great account. So health super accounts are the greatest account that you can have. It's the first one I would fund after a match and you should get after it soon. If you are an open enrollment right now and you haven't thought about it, unless you have like a ton of health expenses and you do all that math and the calculations and the copay plan make more sense, many of you should be on a high deductible health plan and maxing out that HSA each and every year, contributing to that health super account and really solidifying your overall retirement plan and saving a boatload of taxes over your lifetime. So take this, go enroll in your benefits, go listen to episode 20 if you haven't already, on uh, which covered health insurance a little bit more as well as some of the other insurances that you do and don't need, which may be coming up in your open enrollment packet as you're getting those here in late October, early November. And if you have any questions on that, benefits planning is part of what we do. So we can certainly answer any other questions. You can email us at questions at retirementorship.com or you can call 1-855-6-MENTOR. That's 1-855-6-MENTOR and we'd be happy to chat with you as well. That's it for this episode. Tune in on Friday as we'll be covering some key action items and a little bit, one more tidbit that is an action item that we're not covering here That is a game changer for those of you who think you can't afford to max out an HSA. So we'll see you on Friday. Have a great day. This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.